Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola, amigos. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> <The> man. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. I appreciate anyone now listening or, or even pretending to listen, you know, like if. We're on in the background somewhere, you know, turned way down on the car radio or, 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 or ambient noise at the dinner table. You know, maybe even we're able to help with a sleeping issue by, by knocking someone out cold. It does not matter to me. We just, you know, need to temporarily hold your mind hostage so you can't figure out something better to do than spend some quality time with us, right? So before you wise up and we lose you to something more interesting, why don't I introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy? Give us a top-notch chortle, if you would. Oh, very well. <laughs> oh, there you go. I hope it was adequate. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, it's good. Okay. Thank good. you. And now I will follow the directive uh, from our show's executive producer and introduce our temporary permanent host, Gerald Holcomb. Give us like an acknowledgement that, the, just something that 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 reflects that I introduced you. It's that's that's all we need. Just, you know, just uh, like a hand gesture or maybe a, a nod of the head will do. Yeah. Both won't be seen by our listeners, Spud. It doesn't matter. It, well, you continue to ask me to use visual gestures to because acknowledge quicker. my introduction, yeah. and you know very More well efficient. that only you and your aunt can see them. Well, why didn't you say so? Well, and our intern Chance, too. Don't forget about him. I, no, I know I, he plays yeah. a very minimal role on the show, and yeah, most of the time he's goofing off playing video games on his phone, but he, he's still a part of, of the staff, sort of. Spud, it's hard to take you seriously. Well. Oh, um, oh, don't go harassing my sweetie Chance, Spud. That is not okay. Honey, you can take a break now. I'll let you know if we need you. Yeah, but, but, okay, you can go off wherever you go. When, anyway, but just don't call 911 if you lose all the bars on your phone, all right? So anyway, what I wanted to throw out was that order we were given at our last staff meeting by our executive producer. I, I have the memo here with me. Just Yeah, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and for our listeners' benefit, it basically says market research has shown that the top content going right now uh, are murder serials? Seriously. I mean, she, she said, let's make an effort to develop our own as she thinks it could finally get us, you know, the numbers we need to hire a decent sales director. Uh, I think she's crazy, as, as I have no clue on how to put together a murder serial. Don't, don't you need, like, number one, a murderer, and, and then at least one dead person for it to be, <laughs> you know, interesting to the listeners? They're going to want a real murder, right? And it only makes common sense. Yeah, you know, I've given this idea a lot of thought since the staff meeting, and I yeah. think this could 
be just the thing to take us out of obscurity, Spud. It could make this show something really big. Oh, I sure enjoy murder serial podcasts, that's really? for sure. Seriously? But the ones I've listened to have been really impressive productions. I don't see how we can pull this off. I'm just yeah, being honest here, Spud. That's what I said at the staff meeting, remember? It's, it's going to take a lot of effort and planning. Two things I'm not good at. You lose! Good day, sir! That, you know, that's nonsense. If we pull together, I have no doubt the Spud Goodman Show can produce as good of a murder serial than NPR or, or anyone for that matter. L- listen, we're supposed to solicit input from our listeners I mean, possible, to see if this type of programming is what they want. So, okay, listeners can now message us directly at the Spud Goodman Show at gmail.com or at our show's Facebook page. We want you to let us know what kind of murder you would enjoy hearing about. I would guess no one wants to hear about well-known murder cases because, you know, they've already been in the news and you already know how that will end. We need to find a murder nobody's heard of so we can tell the story to an audience that will tune in each week to see where it all goes. I guess. Listen, I volunteer to go through all the murders over the last few years and pick one. Any. Meany, miny, mo. It's but I gotta say I'm excited about this. Well, you're excited about everything. This is I, good. I, I I heard you were thrilled uh, to go fill up your gas tank at a shell station last and, week. That's and, what I was told. And Gerald, I seem to remember you saying a few weeks ago how excited you were to clip your toenails when you got home well, from work. And, and that is weird. Well, listen, proper toenail care is essential for good health. And, you know, I feel we all need to pamper ourselves occasionally with a nice pedicure. It makes me feel special after my toes have been worked on by a licensed professional. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. Okay, it's nice to know, but getting back to this murder serial thing, yeah. if we do need a real murder for this, I, I do have a suggestion for a, a possible victim. <laughs> Very funny, Spud. I know where you're going well, with I mean, that crack. It would be in the best interest long yeah. term for the show. I know what you're implying. So, okay, maybe I should go to the library and scan microfiche. Uh, to find like a Microfish? still unsolved murder somewhere, you know, we should probably ask our listeners Microfish? what kind of murder case they want us to go with, as that might help me in my search. Because uh, I, I gotta say, I bet there's a number of cases we can pick from. You know, all that true crime stuff. I wonder how all the other shows and podcasts select their murders. Well, see, that's going to require effort and planning. Right. And for what? Better ratings? Be careful what you wish for. That'll just mean the expectations will increase. Who wants that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This really might create some real issues for you, Spud. Yeah, you think? I assume you will try and sabotage this like all projects that could advance your career. Well, I haven't decided yet. Okay. Let us use our listeners as a sounding board like we were instructed to do at the meeting, okay? Then everybody out there, message or email us about your preferred murder case, and we will do our best to bring it to you. And and, uh, can somebody on the soundboard play our call-in plug now? Attention Attention listeners! listeners. Get on the phone and call the spotlight! 253-242-3054 Call the Spud Line! Call it! 
Hey, don't promise what we can't deliver, dude. Well. And now zip it as I need to introduce our musical guest, all right? Say hello to Nurse Ratchet.
uh, Spud. Yeah. Your first guest, John Tesh, is ready to go. You know, my wife and I are big fans. This is really neat that we got John to come on the show. Well, he actually was on my old TV show. Oh, uh, you, oh. of course, were not involved with that. I, I worked solo then, and man, was it a much more pleasant work environment. But no offense, Mr. Temporary Co-host, but two's a crowd. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Well, it's temporary permanent co-host, and I believe the correct term is threes a crowd. Oh, I would gladly leave right now, as I have many better things to do than this gig. No, no, we need you, Aunt Dorothy. Okay. Anyway, regarding John, I, I hope he isn't still annoyed, you know, when, when I asked him when he was on the TV show if he was an alien from a distant galaxy. Oh, yeah. You, that rumor was going around back then, and I mean, y you never know if you don't ask, right? The answer is... I saw that show, and I don't think he was offended, uh, oh, but oh, it good. didn't go over very well. Yeah, please, uh, but don't ask John if he's an alien. Um, well, I'm just going to feel it out and, and see how it goes. Uh, just, just put him through, please. Here he is. Say hello to composer, radio, and TV host, and author John Tesh. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, you have a memoir out now titled Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith. It deals with your career and some of the challenges you face to this point. Let's start on a bit of a somber but, but uplifting note with, with the health situation you overcame, a cancer diagnosis in 2015. What was your approach in dealing with that turn of events in your life? Yeah, I got, uh, gosh, it sort of it came out of the blue. I went in for a routine exam and, and in 2000, May of 2015 and uh, came out of the doctor's office with something really is wrong, John, and it was the routine diagnosis was a very rare form of prostate cancer, yeah. and I had I hit the jackpot. I mean, it was basically 18 months to two years to live. You know, they could guarantee that, and that was about it. And um, it was because the, the it didn't make any blood markers, so it didn't make any PSA. Like I said, it was it was rare, and so. When they discovered it, it had already burst through my through my uh, the prostate organ, and and attacked some of the lymph nodes in my body. And so I went through the usual stuff that a lot of people know about. I had two surgeries, robotic surgeries, and um, then and then chemotherapy. And I just didn't do well with the chemotherapy. Some people can actually make it through without nausea. Uh, I di I didn't. I was I was I I was really close to just strapping kettlebells on these giant weights onto my ankles and jumping into the into the pool. Huh. Um, I, I was, I was, it was a tremendous amount of suffering. And then, and then in the middle of the suffering, you go back to your next chemo and there's an eight-year-old sitting next to you with twice as many lines in, in her arm. You know, it's like, oh, okay. And then you feel guilty, you know. And so we went through this. This is a, you know, like a three-year process. And, and I would, I'd, I'd be clear and then I'd go back and get checked and, I'd, and there'd be more cancer. And the last thing that happened was about two years ago when we went to a hospital and they said, you have to get radiation in your pelvis. And we just to be sure, we have to radiate your entire pelvis and carpet vomit, as they said. And they told me all of the contraindications, which was you might lose bowel function, bladder function. And when they got to, my wife and I were together, and said, when they got to, you might lose sexual function. <laughs> Faith was born. We looked at each other and it was like, no, we're, you know, we're done with this. And, and what, what had happened, though, is in the three-year process of, of surgery, we had we've been studying with the guys at Karis Bible School out in, in Colorado, and they have a, a, a unique way of, of pulling the healing scriptures out of the Bible and gathering them all together. And, and they, a lot of them, they, they don't teach a lot of them in the, in the church, but the most powerful one, and our family actually has it tattooed on, on our bodies, is, um, is Mark 11:23, which says, "Whoever says to this mountain, 
be, this is Jesus talking, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, will have whatever he says. And basically what he's saying is, is you can speak life over yourself. Don't speak death over yourself. And I realized that that's what I've been doing. I got cancer the same year in my life that my dad did, 63 years old, both of us. My dad died at uh. 63. So I realized that I had been worrying about that my whole life, and I had, been, I had been speaking death and worry. And so that's really what we try to teach in this book, um, among other things, obviously, when you take a look at inside under the hood of my life. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, dealing with your career, you've, you've been really successful, uh, won six Emmys for your TV work, sold eight million records, and most importantly, you wrote the still great round ball rock NBA theme song that used to play on every game on TV. It is drilled into my head forever. Uh, one of us should probably hum a couple bars but yeah, for the hoop fans, but you, you're probably tired of doing it. You want me to do it? I don't know. One of us can do it. Yeah, well, you you could join in it, because it was written like that. I, I, I had um, I had an idea in my head. I was in Europe and I didn't have a, a tape recorder or a keyboard, and so I called my answering machine back in the states. and And I knew that NBC was looking for a theme, and I I, I left a message. I knew if I fell asleep, it would be gone out of my head. And so I, I called my answering machine, and I, I just went kick 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 and then I called. He cut me off. And I called back and sang the rest of it. And when I got back into the states, I, I took the answering machine, put it on my piano, figured out what it was, figured out all the chords and everything. And then I got an orchestra to play and sent it to NBC. And within two days, it was uh, it was their NBA basketball theme. <laughs> That's how fast it happened. Heck yeah! I saw the clip of you doing it uh, live in concert. Uh, yeah, I. I, I... That's always going to be seared into my brain. But all right, well, let, let me hit you with this. Uh, your career as a musician, uh, which we're dealing with, you've toured the world many times, sold out venues everywhere. You released a live Red Rocks recording, just like you 2 did many years ago. Uh, I know you don't have to put up with fans like yelling out, play Freebird and stuff, but do your fans bug you to do their favorite stuff during shows too? Uh, and do you accommodate them? Oh, always, or do you blow them off? Always, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a, that, it, James Ingram and I recorded a, a wedding song together years ago, and that's that's always a, a request, and we'll all we'll get we'll get people who will show up. You know, before I did Red Rocks, uh, I was doing a lot of a lot of sports music, and so there was there's a, there, there are two Tour de France records and, and another one called the the Games, um, which is Olympic music, and it's all really intense music. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's we usually don't play it. We we'll play it in jazz clubs. We usually don't play it in you know in, in the big in the big halls and performing arts centers. But yeah, we definitely have people. Um, and and you know a lot of a lot of the people in my audience they were actually at the Red Rocks concert because we played for two nights at Red Rocks and there were seven thousand people a night there so there were some people that'll uh, you know that'll that'll show up they'll drive like two or three hours to come see us and it, it's it's so honorable when they do this honoring. All right. Well, you know, here's a question from the past. I don't think you remember this, but many years ago, you came on my TV show, and I felt the need as a journalist to ask the question that many at the time on that darn internet were posing. You know, if John Tesh was, in fact, an alien from a distant galaxy, now I know we put that one to bed, you know, but if it was me, I was just going to say this. I would have kept it alive as there's so many millions of UFO believers, the Art Bell demo out there. They were more loyal than deadheads. Uh... I don't know. I just it was, I thought it might have been a help, but I guess they, I mean there's it wasn't true. I mean you know that, but anyway, you don't it was remember. So funny! It happened in Detroit. There were there were like people with with placards and uh, and they had like uh, alien face masks on, and they were they were uh, marching around this performing arts center, and they were they were chanting John Tesh is an alien. I never I never really figured out what that was about. Oh, and it was like the the second part of it was was he's come to destroy the world with his music, you know. So I think I think they agreed with Triumph the Insult Dog. Well, I, you got to admit though, it was pretty cool. I mean, I would have killed to have any. I mean, that tag on me. But any, anyway, all right. I know we we'll move on from that one. 
Spud, what? Really? You had you had to go there. Once again, accusing Mr. Tesh of being a a, a Martian or something. Do, do you know how big John Tesh is? That was and is so insulting. Hey, John, I need a moment here. All right. I said to him it wasn't true. I mean, well, well, probably wasn't true. Well, I, I mean, there really has been no definitive verification one way or the other. I could see where some people could make that accusation, but I'm not a scientist. I lied. Not a scientist. You, you guys, this is not funny. You're lucky Mr. Tesh did not hang up when you brought up this topic. I mean, he co-hosted Entertainment Tonight with Mary Hart for 10 years. But have you no decency? I just thought I handled this professionally. You know, as a journalist, I, I cannot shy away from controversial topics with guests. Um, you know, this is my duty to my fellow citizens of Earth. Now, just keep quiet and let me finish up this thing. Sorry about that, John, but I'm back. Um, well, you've been you've been married forever to Connie Selica uh, for what, like 28 years. But I read way back. I mean, way back. And this is Entertainment Tonight kind of question. You, I, mean, I read you once dated Oprah Winfrey. So where would you would one take Oprah on a first date? That would be a tough call. Yeah, the the, um, the that that story came out actually. I think Kitty Kelly was writing a tell-all on uh, on Oprah, and and, and when oh. that came out, I was like, wait, what? Oprah and I were reporters. We were really good friends. We were reporters together. At, uh, I was at W. I was at Channel Four in Nashville. She was at Channel Five. I was 21. She was uh, she was 19. And so we would end up. We were in competing stations, but we would end up, you know, covering politics uh, on our rival stations at the same places. We covered City Hall. We covered all the fires and everything in Nashville. And so you know, we would help each other. Yeah, and you'll do that every now and you help each other with you know with with a story. And so, yeah, I mean, we had we had lots of uh, lots of dinners out, and we and we were, I guess you could say, we were we were dating for a while. Um, it wasn't anything serious. We still stay stay in touch now. Of course, people wanted to blow it up. The thing was, the thing that was really really terrible was that in in 1974, when I when we were there, you know, we were in Nashville, and, and things were much different in the in, in the South there, especially in, yes. in Nashville. And so, if we went into a restaurant together, they uh, their people would leave. You know, because it was a white man and a black woman together, and it was like, and so we, we of course both had a sense of humor, so we would go, you know, about, about you know, about once every two weeks we'd have dinner together, stuff like that, and we go, hey, which restaurant do you want to empty this time? You know, <laughs> wow. But um, I, you could tell, man. I know it's easy to it's easy to say this, but you could really tell early on that she she could go live from anywhere and do like. 30 minutes on nothing and it would be a bit entertaining and obviously that talent is what took her to where she is today yeah i, I bet she might have ordered for you though at dinner but she's she's got a lot of opinions she's a brilliant woman but anyway all right well i know you got to go so uh let me say again that your new book uh titled relentless unleashing a life of purpose grit and faith is now available everywhere books are sold we want to thank you so very much for spending some time with us oh it's my pleasure thanks again mr john tesh Walt Disney presents The Spud, our show's public sector food critic Lawrence has called in to do his segment, but I don't see his name on our show schedule. Here. Uh, number one, who gave you a freaking schedule? You're not cleared for that. Well, you know, my intellectual properties are supposed to be protected. And number two, it doesn't matter. 
if he's called in, we're going to take his call. Put him through. Hey, Lawrence, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm here now. Uh, you know, I was calling in because I got I got to ask you a favor now. All right. Uh, I made a little mistake, and I got on the wrong Greyhound bus, and I ended up here in Dollywood and all. Dollywood? So I'm kind of stuck in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee now. Oh. Well, I, I'm not really stuck because it, it's, it's, it's kind of nice here and all, but... I don't have enough money to, for bus fare to get back home, so you you think maybe you could uh, help me out a little bit. Uh, you know, well, Lawrence, my wife Rachel and I have been to Dollywood three times over the years. Isn't it a wonderful place? You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb. Well, yeah, I suppose maybe, but uh, but like I said, it's not a horrible place to be. But you know, I've been here all week long, and I think I've heard way too many of them Dolly Parton tunes now. So. You know, I, you know, I had no idea she recorded so many songs. Yeah. You know, I know some of them by heart now. Well, so how did you end up in Dollywood? You're supposed to, uh, right, review public sector venues like a prison, cafeterias, or federal and state park snack bars, the normal places you go to. What happened? Well, <laughs> I might have had a few too many of them cocktails when I had to wait for a couple hours in Bakersfield for, you know, Cali for another yeah. bus to head yeah. south and all that. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I was supposed to go to, to, to Fort Knox, Kentucky, because I was going to do a new review on the cafeteria out there. You remember that one that I did a few years ago back then? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to do one another one because I kind of ripped the economists and the desserts there. They were kind of weak. So, you know, they wanted the do-over for me. So I said, oh, you know, all right, okay. But look what happened here. I, I, I got to get out of this place. Let me out of here! You should probably stay away from the tequila-based cocktails on the road, Lawrence. I know they've caused me to lose my bearings many times. So you haven't contacted our executive producer, Lori. I'm sure that she'll send you the money for a ticket back. Well, yeah, I just don't want to tell her that I screwed up again. You know, she, she wouldn't be that happy when, uh, when this happened a few months back, you know. Uh, you know, I'm guessing that she's probably listening right now. So could you kind of put in a good word for me and Look, all? I don't think she's tuned in right now. I heard she's having her hair done or something, but but I wouldn't want to ask her for help either. Maybe I can step in here. How, how much are we talking about? Well, I'm talking about like my, that might work, you know, Three, that would include snacks. And $300? Did you just say, did you you say know, $300? Yeah, yeah. $300? No, yeah. Okay, I promise Ms. Jarvis I'll stick with Jen and all. <sighs> Good call. Well, as a mother, I would think that you would not want to be drunk at the putt-putt. Man, $300. I guess I could try and scrounge up some cash from everyone, you know, here in the studio. You know, a GoFundMe deal? I'd kick in 30 Yeah, uh, put me down for, uh, okay, let me see what I got in my wallet here. Uh, well, I can come up with $7. Sorry, that's that's all I've got on me. Yes, we're going to have the wall, and yes, Mexico is going to pay for the wall 100%. Seven dollars? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, you, you know my wife prefers I not carry over $10 with me at any given time. You know, the, the chance for an armed robbery or me losing my wallet just uh, too right. high. Yeah, Lawrence, let me see what I can come up with. I'll, I'll call you uh, your cell later, okay? All right, but, you know, I sure hope I don't get stuck here much longer because, hey, look, no disrespect to Dollywood. But there's no place like home. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. 
Yeah, I promise you, I'll call you later. I'll, I'll, I'll put the squeeze on our intern Chance. He gets like a fat allowance each week from his parents. Am I right, Aunt Dorothy? Well, well, let me see what I can contribute. I would prefer that you not tap into Chance's bank account. He's saving up for our wedding rings, you know. I told him I would buy them, but he's adamant about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but just just tell your fiancé, Chance, that a zirconium diamond, or whatever they're called, will do just fine. It, it did for me in my last two marriages. It, you know, it's a thought that counts. I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy. I hope you are joking, Spud. No, I was serious. But anyway, Lawrence, I'm going to let you go. Find the local Western Union and let me know. It helps on the way, man. Okay, Western Union, thank you so much. I, I, I'll text you the place to wire the cash, all right? All right, now, bye. Bye now. Right, okay, we're going to be back in a second. Don't go away. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Thank you, everybody. We're the Black Chevys, and we're on the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram, and you can hear our music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you all, and good night. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, yeah. I, I believe we have a caller holding that wants to voice his opinion on our possible murder serial. Do you want to take it now? I, I really don't have a choice, so yeah, just just put it through. Ca call you there? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I like murder serials, and I've listened to a bunch of them. You know, my first suggestion is, What's this guy uh, like? don't do one like those documentaries that tell people who did it, who got killed at the start and all that. Uh, you know they they do that backstory, and that that's kind of boring. You 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 shouldn't give up the identity of the murderer until the last episode. That will keep people toning in. Oh, the guy has Please. a point. Everyone likes a little mystery. The buildup of suspense, you know, it's a lot like sex. Most of us prefer to be pleasantly surprised. Okay, oh, listen, really yeah, our that. murder That's, serial will not have a sexual content, Mrs. Jarvis. Oh. There, there's going to be children listening, or at least my children, if I'm part of it, which I expect to be. We need to focus on producing a program that is PG-rated. You know, some hard-hitting content that's still family-appropriate entertainment. There's no need for sexual content. That's ridiculous. Uh, spoken like a true network censor, greenlight yeah. the violence, cut out the sex. Only in America. Oh, without adult content, av content available on cable, I know I would lead a much less satisfying life. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Hey, hey, uh, can I still talk, or am I about to be hung up on? Uh, now you can say like a word or two more, but we're running late. We got to, we got to get going here. Okay, okay. So I also think a good murder serial has to have a bad guy who people think are both mesmerized and are repulsed by at the same time. You know, the, the Ted Bundy effect. Well, I'm not going to have any character like him on our program, all right? He was way too evil. Uh, you know, like that ten, Ted Bundy movie on Netflix gave me nightmares. I, I, yeah. I, no, yeah, you know, I, no. I think our murderer needs to be able to appeal to the broadest audience possible. You know, he needs to be, uh, like, likable for sure. What's your name, scumbag? 
And why must the murderer be a male? There have been plenty of female murderers over the years. <sighs> no one would want to listen to a story about a woman who kills people. Um, I think it'd be actually... That, that would be a terrible idea. No offense, Mrs. Jarvitz. As bad an idea as making a murder serial as a freaking Disney Channel production? Hey, I, I'm still on the air, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you are. So what's your two cents on how many murders should we go with? Like, you know, a serial killer or, or just a bad day for a normal guy who kills one person? You know, because serial killers are kind of overexposed these days. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. But, um, you know, if you came up with a new and unique kind of serial killer, that might work. You know, it'll be a challenge to make our killer a clear example of what not to become. We can't make him some sort of uh, anti-hero. That would be wrong. Actually, that would really help making this project successful there. Because, you uh, know, people like to root for anti-heroes. He just can't be too disgusting. You know, like display socially unacceptable behavior. Well, well other than murder or, or murders. Well, you're actually... Kind of a smart guy. You know, most of our callers are not real sharp. I love the poorly educated. All right, well, thanks, I guess. But um, would you be up for me come maybe uh, helping out with this there? You know, uh, I, I could come to your studio and no. we could brainstorm no, 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 a no, storyline. No, no. no, I'll you know, take a hard no, no, I'll take a hard pass on that if you don't mind. I don't exactly enjoy dealing with the people already here in the studio, except for you, Aunt Dorothy. And I'm probably not going to like you, no matter how many pull-ups or push-ups you do. Well, thank you for the clarification, yeah. dear. You no know, I know, I know you're a proud person who feels he does not need the support of others, so I'm okay with you pretending you don't enjoy my company. The listeners and I know the truth. What are you people? On dope? I, I'm not pretending, but that, that's another issue. Um, yeah, so. Hey, look, I, I got to go here, so if, if you don't want my help, you know, that's cool and all like that, but good luck with it anyway. Well, caller, I will let you go now, so... Uh, you know, uh, wait, did he just hang up on me? Yeah, Carl, are you there? Yeah, yeah I, th I think he did hang up. Uh, what a jerk. All right, well, it's musical guest interview time. One of my favorite parts oh, yeah. of the show. All right, super. Uh, say hello to our musical guest, Nurse Ratchet. Uh, please identify yourselves and the instrument uh, you're currently involved with here. Uh, my name is Paul. I play drums. Uh, my name is Eric, and I play guitar. And I'm Lisa. I play bass and sing, as do the rest of us. Super. Well, ha have any of you maybe had an unfortunate incident during a physical exam or, or during a hospital stay that inspired the band's name? You know, Nurse Ratched, portrayed by Louise, Louise Fletcher, uh, comes to mind, for every, you know, at least every time I get, have a nurse draw my blood. Where'd, this come, where'd the name come from? Uh, it came from an incident with uh, the first kid I had, and oh. the nurse was a real Nurse Ratched. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are, are you guys at all fans of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? It was Absolutely. a great movie. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Pleasure, of course. Great, great. Yeah, great film. Uh, so what's the band's position? Now, think about this. On rolfing. Now, it's a, supposed to be a very painful and intense massage that, that some feel, you know, allows one to, you know, re-experience the, their entry into the world from the birth canal. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> you it's appropriate for you. Oh, right. Oh, no. <laughs> Rolfing. I say go for it. Uh-huh. It's painful, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's worth it. All right. Um, well, I'm going to ask you to, to nail down the band's long-term goals. If you haven't had like, a, like a, a gathering and you guys have really kicked it around, let's just do it right now. Where do we want to be in, say, 12 to 18 months? Ooh, good question. 
just rocking out, having a good time. Our goal is just to have fun, you know. All right. Okay, I get it. Okay, well, tell me what the next song is and what's it about. <laughs> this next song is about my favorite convenience store clerk. Her name is Frisia. Ooh. Yeah. All right, well, in her honor, let's do it.
is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Project today. Spud, yes. your next guest, Michael Mando, is holding for you. Okay, this is one cool dude. I, I love him on Better Call Saul, and he was great the last time he was on this show. He is a, he's a great guest. Well, his character, Nacho Varga, is always living on the edge. I hope he can find a way to get away from that Hector Salamanca. Ooh, yeah. That is a bad man. Yeah, he, he is kind of scary. You know, the, the, like the drug-dealing racket, is, it's just dangerous. You know, don't, that's what I'm picking up, especially those cartels. Way tougher than the radio business. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen some of those cartel crooks on TV before, like, like on one of those CSI shows. They are not role models, for sure. Very mean people. Well, why didn't you say so? Yeah, like, duh. You know, you know, Michael's done some other stuff, too. He, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming, and he also was in Orphan Black, which, which was, a, was a very fine show. Just put him through before he gets another call or something. Yeah, yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor Michael Mando. Uh, thanks a lot for checking in with us. Oh, thanks for having me, my friend. Yeah, so season five of Better Call Saul is back, airing on Sunday nights at 10, 9 central on AMC. Thank God. I mean, I, I've been waiting to see where things pick back up without giving away any story secrets or, or violate any NDA with Vince Gilligan. What can we look forward to, you know, seeing this season? I can tell you, you know, in all honesty, this is our biggest, best, boldest, uh, and most expensive season. Oh. It's, it's just been like such an incredible roller coaster ride. We we really really come into our own this year, and we really become our own show this year and um it's just man what a blast you know it's been it's been the hardest season to shoot and the longest one to shoot and we we when we wrapped the season it was just like we were exhausted and they had rented the fair we had a big fair in albuquerque new mexico and they closed down the whole fair for the crew the cast and families wow and here we were kind of like doing all these joy rides in the middle of the night the middle of the desert and there was this this unbelievable kind of cold sweat on our skin from all the hard work we've done, and these lights and popcorn and cotton candy, and we all looked at each other, and there was this this kind of bittersweet sense of pride that we've been through such an incredible journey, and that we were able to to, to accomplish what we did. And I, I really hope you guys love this year. I mean, it's the writers really outdo themselves. Well, I'm pumped for it. But let me say this. Your character, Nacho Varga, suffers from what, you know, maybe Michael Corleone went through. Though he wants to move away from hardcore criminal behavior, he, he kept getting pulled back in. I mean, if Nacho did totally walk away and became like a chiropractor or an orthodontist, then season five would not be as interesting for sure, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> a chiropractor. I never thought of that. Yeah, maybe that should be the, that should be the, the, the sequel. I don't think it'd be as interesting. No, maybe bri or fixing bones one at a time, okay. one vertebrae at a time. Maybe that maybe. would be the tagline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Nacho it would have a connotation, you know, to something else. Right. Well, Nacho can be a pretty intense character away from the set. Do people recognize you and keep their distance? You know, be a little intimidated. You know, it's it's really surprising the amount of love I get from so from people on social media, on Instagram, and and all that stuff. 
I think people really, really relate to the character's love for his father、uh-huh. and his respect and, and humility towards his father's love. And I think it helps a lot that his father is such a moral person. And I think you see that in his, in his eyes and you get a sense of it in his behavior that, that deep down at the core of this guy, who is a very, very dangerous dude,、um, he really has values. And what's even better is that you realize he actually wants to get out of this. And I think that kind of gets people really、uh, emotionally attached to the character and rooting for him. So I think I, I'm surprised at how much people actually really love him and, and、um, are actually cheering for him. So that, that's a good thing. And I think his arc has turned into a story of redemption. Oh.、Um, more than like the Scarface story, I think it's the opposite. I think it's the guy who. Who has the opportunity to be Scarface and, and decides that he doesn't want to, and he'd rather have the love of his father. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So,、oh, so Spud, what? Is this Scarface character Michael's referring to a monster? Or, or is, he, is he like a, in a comic book? I don't think I'm familiar with Scarface. I'm more of a Dennis the Menace or Richie Rich comic book fan.、Uh, just a sec, Michael. All right. You don't know who Scarface is? Seriously? Tony Montana?、No. Al Pacino? One of the greatest crime movies of all time? Does the line, say hello to my little friend, ring a bell? My, my little friend, like a,、uh, like a toddler or a puppy? Oh, boy. No, I, I've not heard of that reference before. Are you from Mars or something? Like, like maybe John Tesh?、Uh, how, do, how do you go through life without a clue what's happening around you? You make the Amish seem like they're on the cutting edge of society. Well, he is hopeless. Right? Yeah. Well, just, just let me get back to Michael. All right, sorry about that, but I have returned. Wait, Spud.、Um, well, like Breaking Bad,、um, you guys shoot in Albuquerque, as you, as you said, in New Mexico. Our、uh, cast and crew by now treated as royalty is you have to be like the one production that has made at least its exterior shots home there. Vince Gilligan must get comped everywhere he goes, right? And you, and every, you know. It, 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 you know, it's kind of both things. You know, I think they, they treat us with so much love. You know, I was at a coffee shop and this gentleman came up to me and introduced himself. And later I found out he was the mayor of the city and I didn't know. We had a whole conversation at the coffee shop.、Oh. And、um, that's the kind of love you get in Albuquerque. But it, it goes both ways. We love them too. You know, they, they've been so generous and so open and so supportive to us. And it's just like,、um, I, I can't imagine shooting this show anywhere else in the world. And、um, I feel so proud to be a part of that and to represent somebody, even though I'm Canadian myself, but to represent somebody from New Mexico and to have them come up to me and say, you know, you remind me of a guy I went to high school with, or your character reminds me of my best friend, or、mm-hmm. my, my, of this, man, this young guy I was in love with in high school reminds me of your character. And you just go, wow, you know, you, you really move these people in a very personal way because. We shoot in the streets that they're familiar to. We shoot in actual restaurants and locations. And no one really paid attention to Albuquerque in that way.、Um, right, right. And it's just fun to, to be a part of that, yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's transition to movies. After coming off being in a major studio movie, Spider Man Homecoming, was that an adjustment working in a smaller independent film, The Hummingbird Project, which was a really good movie and it's now available on demand and Showtime has it and other platforms? I really enjoyed it. but...、Uh, Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Yeah.、Uh, well, you know, at least. Is, is there, is there, well, I can, tell you, I can tell you the major difference, right? When you're shooting an independent movie, 
We, like the Hummingbird Project, it was with myself, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Alexander Skarsgård, and Salma Hayek. So you, you, pretty, you had some really big names, but we, the movie itself didn't have a lot of money to be made. And um, we, we were kind of shooting almost gorilla, you know, natural lighting. Right. We were shooting in the dead of the uh, beginning of winter in, in Canada, and it was like we were literally in swamps, and you could your, your, your toes were getting cold, and there was nowhere to go warm up because we didn't have a tent. And it was just like uh, grueling like that. And that was an incredible challenge. And then I remember um, my first day on Spider-Man, I showed up and the director, John uh, John Watts, and Tom Holland, of course, who plays Spider-Man, we, they, had, they had lit the whole scene. They had like, we were on a boat that they had built. So we had this huge boat, I think it was the Staten Ferry, yeah. that they had built like in an actual studio. And, it, and the, this whole gigantic boat literally opened up in half and they had like um, tons of water that was shooting up in tanks for that one scene. Wow. And I, I'll never forget it. You know, I, I said to John, I said, um, you know, it might be interesting. And then I said, no, forget it. Never mind. He goes, no, no, tell me. I go, no, no, it's going to be too much work. He goes, just tell me, what are you thinking? I go, I was just thinking if I was to lean over on that pole on the other side of the boat and uh john says yeah that's a good idea all right go back to your trailer come back in five hours and they relit the whole scene uh, so that that's yeah. kind of like a you know that's kind of like a difference but but you at, at both at the core of both of them you real you see that it's real artists you know john watts is a wonderful director and uh, kim nguyen who's an oscar nominated director in the hummingbird and at the core it's the same thing it's it's basically people who love telling stories and um it's cool because you could do it with a nickel and you could do it with a dollar yeah well uh yeah I, I, that, that that's really interesting man I, well hey i i know you got a jet i have a bunch of other stuff maybe i will catch you the next time because I, I got some other stuff to talk to you about all right so uh yeah so let me say again that better call saul is back for season five on amc sunday nights at and nine central we really really appreciate you coming back on our show oh my pleasure man i can't wait for you guys to see it and and season four is now available on netflix and you guys are in for a wonderful ride i can't wait for you guys to see it very cool there you have it mr michael mando my how time flies you know, the more we go over this murder serial idea for the show, the more dumb it sounds. I, I don't need to read any messages or emails from our listeners to know I'm right on this one. I'm still on the bubble with this. God knows we could use anything to pick up the ratings. And I love these type of shows. But if it turns into a train wreck, then it could put to sleep the Spud Goodman show forever. Truth isn't truth. Listen, we can't let anyone put us down, so so to speak. And that's why we need to pick the right killer for this serial. We make the wrong choice, and you're right, Mrs. Jarvis. It could get us canceled in the blink of an eye. Uh-huh. Um, can, can I ask how long is the blink of an eye? Like, Is that like yeah. a second, a few minutes, a month or two? You toss out all these sayings from your grandfather's era and expect us normal humans to understand what the hell you're talking about. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. 
a, a blink of an eye is approximately 45 minutes, but I just assumed you were aware of that. Uh, no, no, I was not. Well, now you are. Say, by the way, they're telling me we have another caller holding to speak with you. Uh, what should I do? Well, it couldn't hurt hearing another opinion as long as they don't jump on that Disney Channel version of a murder serial. That was truly a whacked idea. Well, what is the question? Yeah, I don't think so. The Disney people sure know how to put on a show, so you might be mistaken, Mrs. Jarvitz. Hannah Montana or That's So Raven as Cold-Blooded Killers? Really? Uh, just go ahead and put the caller through, but I only have a minute here. Ca- caller, you on the air? Yeah, 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 I'm on the air. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, wh- wh- what do you have to add to the conversation, basically? Because i, I got to move this thing along. Let's go. Hello? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you guys on? Dial up. This connection sucks. And I've never heard of the Slut Goodman show. You know, I did stumble upon it about, you know, 20 minutes ago, but you really do need to do something to keep people interested. Well, I work, you know, I do, I, I, like I work as hard as I can. Well, not that hard, maybe, but I do work well, on it. You know, but, 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 I don't like that murder she wrote kind of stuff. I mean, it has to be a scary murderer. If you go with a wholesome next-door neighbor type gone crazy, it will be totally lame. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You need to pick a killer who creeps. Well, but listen to me, Spud. You need to pick a killer who creeps everyone out from the moment they see him. This is Lucille, and she is awesome. Uh, Caller, this is a radio show. Nobody can see us, not even you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, my bad, but... But okay, sounds really, really like creepy, you know. Jesus. Not like the Gilbert Godfrey or Simon <sighs> Cowell, but the voice should make you constantly look over your shoulder to see if you're about to be stabbed or strangled. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> So more like Tom Selleck's voice, you know, like uh, selling hey, those reverse mortgages, hey, right? No Tom Selleck cracks, okay? Tom he's, Selleck? Yeah, he's still a legit sex symbol. Come on, yo. Yeah, we're going to agree to disagree on Dorothy. Okay, no. caller, if, if we can find the right type of murderer, then are you saying we should, you know, our, excuse me, are you saying you would like tune into our show? Because that's what I really, that's what we're trying to find out here. Would this <laughs> appeal to the listeners? Would you follow the storylines each week? Me? No, 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 bud. Oh, that's funny. I just not have really. suggestions to make this thing popular. No. I mean, what okay. you are doing right now is obviously not working. Yeah, okay, you know, whatever. I'm just, like, well, really, I'm just trying to help. Yeah, well, and, and we, we appreciate your suggestion, caller. It's just that you don't have experience in the broadcasting industry like we do. Really? So, yeah, not to minimize your input. Look, I, I, think I don't want to get, move... uh, I mean... Uh, to be honest with you, I would take this dude's input over yours any day of the week. Over mine? And, and he, well, I mean, so, well, yeah, but you got to understand. You, never mind. Uh, Carl, oh, I, I, oh. If, if we find a killer who, who's maybe like a ghost who returned to murder his old roommates who stole his record collection years earlier, you know, have personal experience with that, you know, that storyline. Hey, hey, uh, but no, listen, but, but, you know, not killing my old or his old roommates, but, you know, maybe they at least, like, throw something at them with it, like an ashtray or remote control and, you know, because uh, that he or they had some rare stuff. So anyway, oh, so a ghost murderer. Excuse me, this is my show, not your show. Anyway, so the ghost murderer then finds out that all his records were sold at a garage sale to you know to make up for like the back rent he owed, or, and, and he flips out on him like a with like a weed whacker or maybe a rototiller. How's that sound? I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. You 
you really think we can find the true story of a ghost rototiller killer? Yeah. A ghost? Well, our show's resident psychic, Ted Mar said ghosts are very real. I, oh, I bet there, I bet there has to be some cases of a ghost killer. Maybe, okay, not a conviction in a court, but but like like a legend handed down from generation to generation. You know, we need to start researching it. Well, yeah, you, you do know ghosts are demonic presences, right? It, it, there's no need to glorify any ghost or evil spirit. It's just playing into Satan's hands. Why so serious? No, our murderer should be someone who is flawed but respectable. We would display the duality of man. Uh, Caller, I think we have this covered, but I thank you for calling in. Caller, I am the host, and I will be the one to tell you thanks for calling in, and I'm not ready to do that right now. You know, I'm not. Well, so hey, do you have a take on how many victims there should be? We don't want to, like, turn it into a Halloween or Friday the 13th. What the hell, yo? I mean, you know, maybe keep it to under a dozen or so. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than a dozen would be overkill. <laughs> no yeah, pun yeah, okay, all right, all right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, hey, hey, caller, caller, Spud does not allow puns on this show, just a heads up. And we have to go now. I'm being told, uh, somebody terminate the call, please. But uh, I, I kind of wanted to say that. That's my job to say. No, it's time, it my... time to go. Hey, it's hey, my job. they're giving us the sign to wrap it up, Spud. All right, right, right. that sucks. All right, you know, I as 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 annoying that caller was, I, I think we were kind of bonding, but whatever. Except for that pun, that was over the line. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it was nice to have to hear someone trash me totally. Uh, okay, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once bye bye. A- yeah. Once again, here is Nerds Ratchet. <laughs>
Copyright 2020, Spud Goodman Productions.